Welcome back to Assisted Living Investing with Brett Schottkavis. And we talk about how to start assisted livings. We talk about how to run your assisted living, how to invest in all of these things to set up your financial freedom, to take care of your family, to have a fantastic active income, and setting yourself up for a huge extra strategy on this type of deal. So today, we're talking about how to get started. What are my first steps? If I wanna go and open my own memory care mansion, how do I do it and where do I begin? So I break this journey down into four frameworks. They're like four little modules and they each have a bunch of sub steps and points, but I'm gonna break down the first framework today and that's location selection. So this is where you should start. Before we get into raising money and contractors and licensure, we're gonna start with our location. This is what is first. So here, this is where I wanna know everything about my market. I wanna know two sides to this. I wanna know where I wanna be, where I can be, and know all my numbers, what's my bed rates, what's my, my cost gonna be for staffing, what's my land cost, what's my construction cost, all, all these kind of things on one side, and then on the other side, what is the city, the county, the fire marshal, the health department, what are they gonna say? What are the hoops? What are the roadblocks? What are the potential deal killers that are gonna happen? What will the zoning types be? There's gonna be so many things we'll unpack in this framework because this is where a lot of the roadblocks start. This is why it's so important that you learn this step because here's where the deal killers are. This is where you can buy the wrong property where you could spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and then get stuck, right? Where the city says, oh no, by the way, you should have, uh, you should have probably talked to us first because you can't do this in this location. Or yes, you can do this, but you can only have six or eight beds. And then you look at your numbers and you're like, this doesn't pencil, now I got a losing deal, right? There's so many potential deal killers that we can unpack over the next few weeks because I'm gonna break this into a series. So it's probably gonna be three or four episodes and I will break all of these things down. We'll talk through all of these things. So today, let's first talk about where you start. What is step number one? So we're gonna start with online research. Now the best thing about this is if you are considering doing this in your own backyard, it's right there. But you can also be looking at other places all over the country. So we're gonna start with online. In, on the computer, what can we figure out and learn about our market? So it is gonna be all state dependent from your licensure standpoint. So we're gonna start there. What does the state that I'm in require as far as licensure? So it's fantastic because the state wants to give you this information. It's online. If you simply just Google search the state name and assisted living regulations or end of life care or department of aging, something to that effect, you will in five minutes find your department that will handle end of life. So it'll be nursing homes, assisted living, it may be adult daycares, and then click over to the assisted living section. If that's what we're looking at, what does that say? Because they should give you several different things on there. They are trying to provide this to you as a resident of the state. They wanna give you the information that you need. Some of the things that you should see there are the list of assisted livings, the ones that are licensed. They are registered with the state. They have a license. They're gonna be online. So we wanna locate where that list is. And then you should also have a list of requirements. If you're gonna start an assisted living, if you're gonna open one, licensure it, what are the rules and regulations there? So we wanna locate those things. That's the first thing. Before we start comparing 
who's in our market and what, what can we do, let's at least find out what the rules are, right? That's the first place to start. So all of these things are online. So let's look, let's locate this. It shouldn't take you more than, than one session on the computer and then print out all these rules and regs. And for me, it was a huge, maybe 50 page packet that I printed out. And I read it over the next like maybe two weeks or so. And I got a highlighter out and I broke it down. So I would encourage you to do that because you should know everything about your market, about your licensure. And I'm of the opinion that I want to know these things as the business person, as the entrepreneur, as the real estate developer. I don't want to um, necessarily put all of my trust in some other person, right? In some other agency, in some other consultant. They will probably know just about all of it, but there's going to be some things that are kind of missed. So I want to take the responsibility on myself and I want to read through all this myself. So I got a highlighter out and I spent a couple weeks reading a little bit at a time. And you should have rules and requirements, the regs, based on a couple different things here. There's going to be the actual building. What does it say on the actual building? Because it'll give you all sorts of different things that you have to comply with for the building, whether it's ADA, whether it's bedroom sizes, whether it's bathroom ratios, the amount of toilets per resident, parking, all of these things should be there, right? So we'll go through these things and we're gonna learn them on the front side so at least you recognize where they're at because when we get further into this journey, that's where we're gonna have to apply these things. So locate them now and check some of these things out. Then there's my staffing requirements. What will they say about staffing or about managers um, what type of training do they need? What type of um, requirements? Do they require you to have a certain license? Do they require you to have a degree? Do they require you to pass a test? Is there certain requirements for Alzheimer's or, or not? Is There's gonna be a lot of different requirements for staffing, for training, for ratios, for the amount of hours. So know these things now. It's not gonna, you're not gonna apply them yet, but you should at least know where they are at. And then the third part of this is your residence. What type of residence can you bring in? They're gonna have requirements for that as well. There's gonna be certain people that may not apply to you. They may be a higher level of care or a lower level of care. They may need to egress themselves within a certain amount of minutes. They may not need to, they may not be able to be bed bound when you bring them in. There, there may be different rules and requirements for the amount or the type or the level of care for your grandmas and grandpas. So let's find those things out. Right on the front side, we want to know these things, identify where you can find this information, and then take it kind of piece by piece and highlight through that. That's what I did. All right. The other part of this information is who is actually doing this? Who, where is the list of the people or the businesses that have a licensed assisted living? And what type of license do they have? because every state has different names for their type of license. They may have big licenses and small licenses. They may have higher level of care licenses and lower level of care licenses. But there's kind of, they're broken into that type of categories, right? Bigger or smaller, the, you got the big box, you got the RALs. Is there a different license type for those? Or can they be the same license? It doesn't matter how many beds you have, but it's based on the level of care. So is it a higher level of care or a lower level of care, right? So. Let's determine what type of license there are and then figure out from there what license do you want to have? Do you want to have the higher level of care where you can provide all the way through end of life where you could potentially have residents that have memory care or dementia? Or do you want to have a lower level of care and you're maybe just a step above independent living? So there's pros and cons to both. I love having a higher level of care. I want to solve a bigger problem and therefore charge a higher price for that. 
because my staffing costs are gonna be about the same. My expenses through this whole thing will be pretty similar, but my income can be much, much higher by solving a bigger problem. That means I am taking care of people, grandmas and grandpas at the end of life who have a bigger problem, so now it's a higher level of care. So that's what I like. Determine if there is a license type for a higher level of care versus a lower. And then is there a license type for your size, for the amount of beds that you have? Sometimes there is, and sometimes there's not, but I wanna have the right amount of beds for me. I don't wanna be stuck with a six or an eight or a 10 if when I do my numbers, it doesn't pencil out. For me, my favorite bed size is 16. I think that is the best bang for your buck. I think it is the easiest way to sell. I think it is the best way to be profitable. My expenses are maximized with a 16. With a, with a 12, with a 14, I can still have more income with the same amount of expenses. And then go on the other side, too big, and I'm gonna have trouble selling it. So figure out for you what is the best size, right? For me, it's 16. So I'm gonna determine if I wanna have 16 or 12 or 20, whatever it is, what license is that? and what is the level of care that I want. So now that I know what I am shooting for, here's the license I'm going to be going after. I'm gonna read specifically that part, right? I wanna make notes on that part. I wanna know what the state says about that type of license. The other type of license is not really applicable to me. So I'm gonna spend my time focusing on here is the license that I want to get. Now for me in Texas, that is a small type B. That's my license type, it's specifically Texas. But if you're not in Texas, you're gonna have a different name. The, um, the requirements are gonna be very, very similar state by state. There's gonna be small changes, but mostly they're, they're pretty the same. So now we have what we wanna do. We have to start with what we wanna do to be able to compare and see who else is being successful in the market with these type of licenses. You don't wanna to compare to something totally different or learn about something that's totally wrong, right? So you gotta start by figuring out what you want to do. Now, with that information, now we're gonna take the second piece of information from the state's website, the list of the licensed assisted livings. And I say licensed because there's a bunch of small ones that do not have a license, they're illegally operating. We're not necessarily wanting to compare ourselves to that, right? Because you don't wanna have an illegal assisted living, you wanna have a legit business, right? That you can sell, that has equity, that you're not gonna have a staff person call on you when you fire and report you and shut you down. Right, like that's not a risk I wanna take. I don't wanna spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on a business that can be shut down with one angry staff person. So we wanna have a licensed assisted living. So let's look, who has the license type that we have? Who has a license that is in our city, in our county, within an hour of us? We wanna recognize all of these things and let's take a look at them. So now we're gonna get into the computer research of who is our competition. I wanna know who is around me, what they are doing, and are they doing it well? So by just using the computer, there are a few things that I can find out, right? I can look up their website, I can look up their reviews, their Google reviews, their, their social media, maybe their Facebook pages or Instagram, maybe they have a YouTube account. I wanna start doing my online research on who my competition is because I wanna identify who is doing awesome and I wanna go and I wanna figure out what's their secret sauce. What are they doing that is so successful? And I wanna emulate what is working. And then I also wanna identify who is doing a bad job, right? You can tell who's doing a bad job by their, their social media, by their website. It's pretty clear when you start looking at these. 
So you're gonna start by just going through this list, and I, I uh, copied it into an Excel sheet, and I started making notes on these things. Who are the assisted livings that are near me? And I started with the same license type. Now I did go through all of them as I'm looking at them, the different license types also, but I'm gonna start with the lowest hanging fruit, which is the people who have the same license type that I'm trying to get. And I literally, I went on their website, and you will see who is the big box, uh, whether the big box or small, there's so many stock cookie cutter websites out there, literally stock photos, and it just looks terrible. It, you go to like Brookdale's website and things like that, and like it's just like, oh, there's a fake grandma and grandpa. Like these people are 65 smiling. Like they are not my resident, right? My residents are 95. They look nothing like this person. And you can tell these like fake looking websites, and it's they all look the same, and they're terrible, right? And you can imagine like that as you are looking at this, the daughter, the family, the wife, the husband, they're also looking at these websites and choosing who they're going to call. So from that perspective, let us you're starting your market research. You're seeing who's got a great website because there's gonna be some of these that are just all-stars, right? And you'll get there um, as we talk about secret shopping and going and, and doing in-person research. When you get to these facilities, you're like, man, these people are killing it. They got a gorgeous product. They have great care. They have a huge wait list, right? So we're trying to figure out all of these things about our competition. So starting with that website, what does it look like? Who is doing great? And make note of those on their website. Who has a great website? And you wanna make note of that so that you can come back later and you can say, hey, uh, website designer, here's an example of what I like. You know, I like this. Check out our website, platinumresortassistedliving.com. Check it out. I think it's a great website. It is not, uh, we're on maybe our second or third round of revisions on it. It's not perfect yet. I have a better vision for what it can be, but. It's, uh, it's a really great website compared to most of these other cookie cutter ones out there. So websites, social media, right? Like we focus very heavily on Facebook because our avatar is an older person, right? I'm not talking about the 95 year old resident. I'm talking about their daughter. Their daughter is usually the one who is Googling us, who's researching us, who is touring, right? They are 50 to 70 years old. They're on Facebook. They're not on TikTok. So we spend most of our attention on Facebook, but look at these appropriate social media presences that these companies have. And do they only do these like stock photos and they post once a month, right? That's horrible. Check out our Facebook, right? We, we post literally every single day. We have KPIs on posting every single day. And uh, we have a system for what we post. So you can really see the heart, the culture, the love in a business on their social media. It's less on the website, it's more about the social, but you can actually see like the day-to-day -day presence, you can see the rhythms of, of how they post and what they're doing, and you can tell whether they're doing great or not. They have fun activities, they have smiling grandmas and grandpas, and if you are intrigued by it, that means the daughter, the family member is also intrigued by it, and they are gonna call them first. They're gonna tour with them first. So it's important to recognize who is doing great, and then who is just everyone else, because most people fall in the everyone else category but who is doing great are gonna identify them because I specifically want to walk through their building. I specifically wanna to talk to their manager and owner. I specifically want to find out what are they doing that is so great and is so working because I'm gonna copy those aspects of it and do it in my style. The third part of this, as you are going through the list, you've looked at their website, you've looked at their social media, now check their zoning, okay? We're gonna prep for when we go talk to the city and figure out the zoning part of this, but you literally have a list of all these assisted livings. You have their address. You can go on the city's website, the county's website, find a GIS mapping system, drop in that address, and let's start making a list of 
Here's an assisted living, here's their zoning type. Here's another, here's their zoning type. And you'll see city by city, county by county, what zonings they are in. And then when you go talk to the city, which we'll talk about later, you can use this information to figure out where I can be and where I wanna be as far as a zoning requirement because you're gonna see how many beds they have and what their zoning type is. So these are all vital, vital pieces of information that you could do from your computer. You could literally search anywhere in the country. It doesn't have to be where you're at right now. So this is important because when Laura and I started our journey to, to figure this out, we were living in Southern California and we knew we wanted to move our family already. We wanted our girls to grow up in a different place. So we were looking at Florida, we were looking at Texas, and we did all this research online from California. And then we narrowed it down to Texas and we didn't know where yet. We ended up in Austin, but we were searching uh, Houston, we were searching Dallas, and we started with market research online, which really allowed us to get all the way notched down and said, and we decided we're gonna be in the Austin area. And then later on, I came and visited Austin, I toured, I secret shopped, I did all my market research in person, right? We'll talk about that next. But it allowed me to really narrow this stuff down because you can start right now with the computer research. So the other, the next part of this that I think is important that you can do from your computer is looking at the statistics, looking at the data, right? Start pulling up the cities around you, the counties around you or where you want to be and looking at the, the actual statistics there. You can just Google it and there's a bunch of different websites that'll come up. And here's what I think is important for you to look at when you're looking at statistics. I think age is important. I think uh, income is important. And then also housing prices is important, right? So really we are trying to find where is the best location for us. And the most key components to this are where is there a group of people who are a certain age, right? Of, you know, they're, they're 80, they're 90 years old that need our care. Okay, so we're trying to locate them and we can look at that from a statistical standpoint, but then we also need them to be able to afford our care. If we have an end of life product, it has a, solves a bigger problem, like I said, then you're potentially charging a higher rent amount and they have to be able to afford that. So we wanna look at the income rates there and we also wanna look at the home values because a lot of this will be their house, right? When you get to that certain age, you sell your, your house and you use that money to take care of this end of life needs. Now, it doesn't have to be, you're, you're not looking for a bunch of like 85 year old average population. You're never gonna find a population that says like 85, right? It, it may say like 35, 38, 43, right? But really we're trying to find a, a concentration of the family, of the daughter, okay? When mom, when the grandma is 85 years old and needs additional care, and the daughter is living two hours away or in another state, mom is moving usually near the daughter, right? The daughter's not moving over to mom. Mom is moving near the daughter. So you wanna find out where is that young retirement population? Where is that population with income that is in their 50s, 60s, 70s? Those are the people you are trying to locate. Those are the people you're trying to be around. You're not trying to be around the 95-year-old people, right? The 95-year-old people will move to their children who are 30 years younger than them. So who's in their 50s, 60s, 70s? Those are the people I'm trying to locate. So as I'm looking at statistics, it's gonna pull down to an average. But I, I, I think it's important that you look at this and you do it comparatively, meaning that if you just pick the city that you're in and you say, okay, I'm gonna look at my average population and it says 34, 
that's just a random piece of information. Like 34 doesn't really have context. But if you look at it in, a, in the context of, okay, here are the other areas around me, or um, you compare it to an area that you know is known for being more of a retirement area, right? So I'm in Georgetown, Texas, and we have a big retirement community here. It's called Sun City. And these are around the country. There's a Del Webb Sun City. So why don't you look up Georgetown, Texas? Look at the statistics there because there's a big percentage of the population that is retirement and they move here for retirement. So that'll give you a little perspective, right? What does it say here? And then what does it say where you wanna be? Or is there another area in your area that you, you can see, okay, here's where a lot of people go to retire. What do those numbers look like? What's that income there? What is that age there? And compare it to you relatively. So if, if you are looking and you're considering a specific city and it says the average population is 30 years old, but then you look at the city 20 minutes away and it says the average population is 42, well, there's something going on there, right? There, there's, you're not gonna find something that says like 55 or 75, that's gonna be too high. You're, you're gonna, the average population will pull lower. But look at it from a relative stance. The same principle with the income, with the home values, what, you know, it's gonna take the small homes and the big homes, right? It's gonna pull them all together into an average, but compare it to, you know, what are the other areas around you? You do not wanna be in the lowest price income and lowest price home value. You, you wanna be on the more higher side of that. It may not be the highest, but you at least wanna be in the 60, 70 percentile. And the same with the age category. You don't wanna have an average age where you're on the lower side of this. You wanna be in the higher side of these things. So these are all different things that I can spend my time uh, in front of my computer. I don't have to do this in person yet, right? This is my first step. I can learn all of these things where I'm at now at my home office. And even if I'm considering this in another part of the country, this I can start with right here and right now. So this is the first part of this. Next, we're gonna talk about what you do in person. And I will say that I give the next part of this, the in-person research, way more weight and value than I do with this computer research, but this allows me to have a starting place. And uh, next we'll, we'll talk about when you're there in person, when you're secret shopping, how do you do this? What information are you looking for? How do I go talk to the city? What questions do I ask? So we're gonna be unpacking all of these things. So come back next time, subscribe to the channel. I will show you step-by-step step how to open your own assisted living, how to create financial freedom through assisted living and how to take care of your family while you are loving on the people in your community. So I will see you next time.